Welcome to Footnotes in Witness. This is the podcast where we study the Bible to see Jesus rightly and find him in our own stories. Let us be faithful witnesses to his character and glory. Welcome to the bonus episode of Footnotes in Witness. In the bonus episodes, I like to take popular scriptures that we're all aware of and take a deep dive look at it see what it has for us, and if it's been a while, to reignite our passion and see why these verses are so popular. Last bonus episode, we looked at John 3.16, and today we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. If you have the means to, this would be a great time to get out your Bible or your Bible app and turn to Matthew 6. All right, y'all, we're going to look at the Lord's Prayer. So this is found in Matthew 6. Basically, the disciples say, hey, Jesus, you're always going off and praying. You're spending time with the Lord. How should we pray? Is there something you can teach us? In verses 9 through 13, Jesus gives his reply. From the New International Version, it reads like this. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I know what some of you are thinking. It's trespasses, not debts, not the evil one. It's okay. There are many different versions, and the translations are slightly different. It's about the whole message, about what this prayer tells us about God and how we can communicate with Him. So whatever version you prefer to pray, whatever your faith tradition has taught you, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Do what is comfortable for you. Do what will help you pray more sincerely. So I always say trespasses myself, but (laughs) that isn't always the most comfortable, the most modern way. So really, depending on that word, it's okay. Just do whatever feels comfortable for you. So let's start with the very beginning. Our Father who art in heaven, that's acknowledging who you're praying to. You're saying, who is the God that I'm following? And so you're going to thank him for being your father. And so everything in this little prayer comes from other places in the Bible and other places that we can look to as kind of like an example or how we do that. So to thank him for being your father, a great place to look is Psalm 139 verses 13 through 18. This is from the ESV version. It says, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. This is acknowledging your Father in heaven, who He is and what He's done. 
You can also thank him for adopting you into his family, that you are part of his family, that you are an adopted son or daughter of the Heavenly Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. And we can find that in Romans 8, 15 through 17. Again, this is in the ESV version. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. He is our heavenly father. He is our adopted father, and we acknowledge him as such. There are so many different names for God throughout the Bible, and I'm going to put in the show notes a list of all the different names. There's been a few that have been made popular in some worship music lately, like Jehovah Jireh, who is God provider. That name came out of Genesis 22. God has many different names, and they come to us in different seasons. Sometimes it's God of peace. Sometimes it's God the shepherd. Sometimes it's God provider or God healer. Sometimes it's simply God is here. But we want to praise his name. We acknowledge who he is, where he is, our Father in heaven, and we praise his name. And then we come to a difficult one. (laughs) Your kingdom come your will be done. This is complete surrender. So many times we start off our prayer with, oh God, I need blank. Oh God, can you blank? (laughs) We always come with our needs first. And Jesus is teaching us to acknowledge who he is and what he can do, and then be submissive to his will. And that's really hard. (laughs) Because we feel like we have the right answer. If our husband would just do this, if our kids would just behave this way, we would have what we needed. But when we come to God in prayer like this, your kingdom come, your will be done. We surrender control. We surrender the outcome of whatever situation it is. You can pray this phrase over yourself, your family, your sphere of influence, people at your workplace, your church your nation, your city, the nations of the earth. If you've ever watched the news and gotten really kind of downtrodden, upset, disappointed, (laughs) in despair, that's totally normal. But what Jesus is telling us to do is to not say, get this person out of office, or if we had just had this solution, but to come to God and say, your kingdom come, your will be done. I need you to be in charge of my marriage of my city, of the politics around me, of my kids. And that's hard. And I think that's why Jesus is telling us to pray this regularly and often. The Lord's Prayer is a great daily prayer because we have to surrender every time we say these words. It's not about what I want. It's not about the outcome that I think I should have. But God, your kingdom come. It should be your will that should be done. Then we've acknowledged him, we've praised his name, and we've submitted to his will. And then we ask to receive his will. Give us this day our daily bread. We need to pray for provision, physically, emotionally, financially, and in relationships to say, God, I need 
this. <laughs> we have this huge financial thing. God, if it's your will, please help us find the money and then help me to receive it however you choose to give it to me. There have been times <laughs> when I got into financial trouble and I knew that the only way to get help was to be very humble and to call someone I didn't want to call. <laughs> but that was God's will. And that's how he provided. It's not just enough to submit to God's will, but sometimes we also need to ask for the strength to receive God's will because it's not always easy. His plans, at least for me, don't always line up with what I would like it to do. <laughs> so you can pray for provision. You can pray over your day in specific details. You could pray for that meeting you have with your boss or a hard conversation you have to have with a friend. You can pray to abide in God in every situation that I do want to surrender to your will, but I'm going to need your help receiving your will. Next is forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. This is where we repent. <laughs> we have to ask the Holy Spirit to show us our area of sin, confess it, and receive forgiveness. We've acknowledged who God is, and we've stated that he is worthy to surrender our will to. He's worthy to surrender our petitions to, our finances, our relationships. And then the ultimate surrendering, in my opinion, is to be humble and say, can you show me where I've messed up? Can you convict me in my spirit? of where I need to ask for forgiveness? That's one of the hardest questions. Where is my sin in this? How could I have done that better? It's not always easy to put a mirror in front of your face, but it's not easy to surrender your will either. And it's not easy to receive God's provision all the time either. So if you trust God to do those things, then we should trust God with where we've messed up. And this is a, a wonderful practice to do regularly, to say, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses, forgive us our debts, however you prefer to say it, <laughs> to acknowledge that there are sins and trespasses and debts that you know are outstanding. It is so good to just acknowledge it. I have not been perfect. I did not do everything right today. So forgive me and help me forgive those who have sinned against me. It's a good time to think, is there anyone that I need to forgive? I think it's obvious because we always think about ourselves whenever we say this part of the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses. Okay, I know that I have done things wrong, but sometimes we say this next part really fast as we forgive our debtors as we forgive those who trespass against us. Well, I think we need to slow down on that part <laughs> because forgiveness is freedom. And sometimes forgiveness is really only possible with Jesus Christ. And so it's this place. Maybe there's someone that you have been holding something against for years. And maybe you're going to have to pray this for years. Lord, help me forgive that person. Maybe it becomes personal. Forgive me for what I've done and also help me forgive that person who hurt me so deeply. Is there anyone that you need to forgive from the heart? 
Maybe they've already passed. Maybe there isn't chance for reconciliation, but unforgiveness in our own hearts is like cancer. It breeds bitterness and hatred. It makes us self-protect. It will infect other relationships. It's good for us to forgive and release, just as good as it feels when God releases us. And that's what this is about. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The other question here is, is there anyone that you need to make things right with? Maybe emotionally, relationally, maybe financially. One of the verses that I have tagged for this part of the Lord's Prayer can be found in Ephesians 4, verse 32. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Sometimes forgiveness is easy. Your love for that person is way bigger than any hurt that you might have endured. Sometimes it's the complete opposite of that. (laughs) So it's good to remember why we forgive other people. It's not because we are really good at forgiving. It's not because we are bestowing upon them the gift of forgiveness, but it's because God in Christ has forgiven me. It's that story of whoever has no sin cast the first stone. I know I've got stones behind me with my name on it, so I am not about to throw the first one. We forgive because Christ forgave us. And through that, we can be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgive one another. That doesn't mean sign up for the same abuse. That doesn't mean going back into dangerous situations. That doesn't mean that it's okay. Forgiveness is not acceptance. And those are two very different things, especially somebody who has endured abuse. I can say that very firmly. (laughs) Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that what they did was okay or that you're okay with it or that it's water under the bridge. No big deal. It's something different. It's as Christ paid for your sins, you are trusting that God will be the one who deals with the vengeance and the justice of the sin committed against you. And you are no longer going to carry the burden of it with you anymore. That you're going to forgive others, just like God forgave you. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We're praying for protection. We've asked God to provide for us. We've asked him to help us receive his provision. We have asked him to to help our hearts be on, on good, solid ground, not carrying any unforgiveness or bitterness. And now, Lord, help us not be tempted. Help us not sin more. <laughs> Deliver us from evil. Pray and build a wall of protection around you, a mind that is renewed with God's word, eyes that are clean and clear, ears that hear God and listen to others, hands to heal and to give, a disciplined heart of trust, and feet that walk towards holiness in all things. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 say, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We will never get it right all the time. (laughs) So it's good to know that you have somebody in your corner who can protect you from the things that you know are temptations for you. (laughs) I've got a pretty bad problem with food. (laughs) So I eat my feelings. And I sometimes can go to God in prayer in those times and not break down and buy snowballs or little Debbie snack cakes. Sometimes I don't. I'm getting better at it as I get older. But that was definitely my go to. I'm upset. I had a difficult conversation or something's going to come up that I know is stressful. Well, I should just go ahead and get some sugar, right? That's a temptation for me. Sometimes we read these words and we think it has to be something huge, pornography or drugs or adultery. Sometimes it's the little things because they invade your everyday space. And it's okay to ask God to help you with those temptations. Lord, help me not talk back today. (laughs) You know you're going to be meeting with maybe a family member or somebody who just really gets under your skin. Maybe you have to go to a, I don't know, like a church council meeting or something. (laughs) It's okay to ask God for the little things as well as the big things. We want to have a mind that is renewed with God's word. And it's hard to be in the world, but not of it. And that line is different for everybody. And so it's important that we individually pray for this. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So we pray for protection that we're going to live in this broken world. And we know that we're not going to do it perfectly. So help us along the way. Be on my team. Be in my corner, God. And help me out. The next part is, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. This is about rest. (laughs) That he is in charge. And what we get at the end of that is rest. That's like the Sabbath. That doesn't mean sitting around and doing nothing every seven days. That means resting in God and who he is. Trusting all the things that you've prayed throughout the Lord's prayer. Trusting that he is the ultimate father, that he is in heaven, that you are adopted into his family, that his name is worth praising because he's so big. He's the healer and the provider, the shepherd. He brings peace and righteousness. He's a God of justice, trusting that you are going to submit to his will and that he's going to help you receive it, that he's going to help heal your heart and help you heal others, that God is going to protect you from temptation. If those things are covered, then rest is what you get. You get to have that peace that people think Christians are weird. They can walk through chaos and have peace. That's the rest that comes with trusting God, living with his will instead of against it. You can declare again his greatness and your submission to him and his will. Like we see in Colossians 1 verse 13 through 18. It says he, being God, 
has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sin. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. That is definitely worth praising. It's definitely worth saying in the Lord's Prayer to say your kingdom, your power, and your glory, and it's going to last forever. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed this bonus episode of Footnotes and Witness. We're going to start with a brand new format in season eight. And I'm really excited about it. We've gone over some of the ways to read your Bible, and now we're going to do it. We're going to walk through a book of the Bible together. So most people who ask me, where do I start? I want to read my Bible, but I've never done it before. I don't know where to start. Now I tell them to start with the book of John. So that's what we're going to do. So if you normally listen to this podcast while you're driving, don't worry about it. That's totally fine. But if you can open your Bible, have something to take notes with, and let's walk through the book of John together. 